Hello, everybody. This is the Cincinnati Herald Podcast. I'm your co-host, John Alexander-Reese, digital editor of the Cincinnati Herald. And if you don't know what the Cincinnati Herald is, we've been around since 1955, and it is the largest African-American newspaper in the greater Cincinnati area. And today I will be joined by my co-host, Andrea Carter, media consultant at the Cincinnati Herald. How are you doing today, Andrea? Fine. How are you, John? I am doing well. And we also have our circulation director, Wade Lacey Sr. How are you, Wade? I'm doing well. Good to see you. Ah, excellent. And we also have our intern at the Cincinnati Herald, Suhana Sinra. How are you doing today, Suhana? I'm doing absolutely fine, John. How are you doing today? I am doing just fine. So, Great. good. So let's jump into it. So yesterday, Tiger Woods was hospitalized after a car crash in Southern California. And according to a statement released on Tiger Woods' Twitter account, it said Mr. Woods suffered significant orthopedic injuries to his right low extremity that were treated during emergency surgery by orthopedic trauma specialists at Harbor UCLA Medical Center. It also said that Woods is currently awake, responsive, and recovering in his hospital room. Wade, uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, terrible accident? Very unfortunate. Uh... And it comes so close to a, um, you know, the, the year thing with Kobe, uh, so 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 close to a, a year later, almost losing Tiger Woods was uh, really uh, terrific. Um, it's too early to figure out what's going to happen. You know, uh, I remember when he had his situation in 2009 with the car crash and all the things that happened there. There was a lot of conflicting information that came out initially, but then later on, uh, other things were, were brought forth. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with this. I do want to say that um, watched the golf tournament over the weekend, and he was uh, either a co-host or his foundation or something was partnered with the, with the golf uh, tournament. And uh, they were talking to him throughout the day Sunday. And I do want to say when I well, saw that and was looking at him, I was concerned from what I saw. So uh, whatever, wherever you take that, you know, so be it. But that's I was concerned with the way he looked. Right, right. Andrea, what are your thoughts on uh, Tiger Woods' uh, car accident? Well, I think it's, it's, it's sad that um, it occurred. I mean, just from looking at the photographs, of how the car landed on its side, where it's bashed up all over the place. Um, the fact that even though he's probably wearing his seatbelt, the thing that how badly he, his body was jostled in that um, is just un unreal. You can't even imagine what he went through being in that car. But also what I've been reading is that the the where the accident occurred that roadway, the one sheriff's deputy said that they had a problem with that roadway. It's almost similar to uh, Dead Man's Curve um, on 75. Um, they said they've had a number of issues with that. So, um, and then later on today, I heard that he's not being charged with anything and he was not distracted. So either he was going too fast or something occurred that caused him to go off um, the side of the road. But, you know, it's just a sad situation. 
but I'm glad he's at least he's alive, if nothing else. Though one doctor did say that he might not be able, he might not have the same functionality in his limbs that he had before the accident. Right. Suhana, what are your thoughts on uh, Tiger Woods being hospitalized after the car crash? So, um, in my opinion, Woods experienced a lot of ups and downs in his career from all the victories in his, and his past scandals. I would like to take the liberty to understand that he has been through a lot. Now, this accident has caused him serious injuries in his leg and which is terrible. But I also see people are expecting a lot from him. They're expecting him to come back and join the game. But I wonder, what does he want? Once he makes it out of recovery, would he consider a break or retirement? Or maybe he's dying to get back in the game. But, uh, but after all this experience, I truly wonder how much can a person bear? My other thoughts would be, once he makes it out, who would be blamed for this accident if, if there is anyone to blame? Because sometimes cases of such profile lead to lawsuits and I'm just uh, anxious to see what happens next. But overall, I understand it must be a very difficult time for Woods. Yes, definitely. And we're definitely all praying for him. Okay, so let's move on to our second story, which is Barry Larkin is going to join the Reds broadcast booth. Hall of Fame shortstop Barry Larkin, who played for the Reds from 1986 to 2004, will join Fox Sports Ohio as a color TV analyst for the 2021 season, calling all 81 Reds home games. Larkin, 56, will rotate with returning analysts Chris Welsh and Jeff Brantley. Larkin has previously worked as a broadcaster at ESPN and MLB Network. Wade, what are your thoughts on Larkin taking on this uh, new uh, position? I think it's, uh, it's very, very good for the, for the city of Cincinnati. Uh, Barry Larkin is one of those individuals that is well-liked by not only the uh, Cincinnati community, but uh, nationwide, if not even international. He, uh, he has that type of personality uh, that everyone uh, are drawn toward. Uh, he reminds me a little of uh, from the Cincinnati area, Bootsy Collins. Uh, Well-liked in his profession. Everybody loves him uh, here in Cincinnati. They love him nationally. They love him in Japan. They love him everywhere. And uh, Barry Larkin is the same type of individual. And I think he'll probably be in this position for the next 15 years or so. True, true. Andrea, uh, your thoughts? Well, I think not only is he a hometown favorite, but he's a connected to, you know, his dad. And, um, um, and you know, his father was well-loved by Cincinnati. He was part of the old Reds machine. Um, he's a connection to the past that people love and to have a familiar voice on the air talking about the Reds. I think everybody's going to love it. Um, it's a great connection. I think it's a great thing for Cincinnati and the Reds. And I think you're going to get a lot more, um, hopefully a lot more people listening to the Reds and to him because he is a hometown favorite. True, true. Suhana, what are your thoughts? Um, I believe Barry Larkin's position in Booth will 
be a very good representation for young athletes and celebrating his experience through the booth will bring baseball fans together. I would also like to understand this from Larkin's perspective on what tempted him in a career in Cincinnati Red booth because this is what we understand. Also, what I would like to know is why doesn't he want to manage the Cincinnati Reds irrespective of the fact that he served as a special assistant for players' performance in the Reds' front office? There is like no, there is no discrepancy in why he made that career. I just would like to understand from him that what is the real reason? And does his decision in total practicality is somehow influenced by a payroll cut for 2021 for Reds' ownership? It may or may not be influencing his decision, but if there is anything to it and if he would choose to speak about it, I would like to know his real practical reasons for deciding to be on booth. But in, in, total, in totality, I feel it's a fantastic thing because this will connect all the old fans and bring in some new fans. And it's a good representation for the Cincinnati community in general. Definitely. That's some very good insight right there. Now, moving on to our final story and the main story of the day. Six candidates have qualified with the Hamilton County Board of Elections for the May 4th Cincinnati mayoral primary, at which time the two top vote getters will move on to the November general election. Each candidate was required to file 500 valid signatures from registered Cincinnati voters to get on the May primary ballot. And the six candidates for Cincinnati mayor listed in alphabetical order are scientist Gavi B. Trump, Cincinnati City Councilman David Mann, adjunct professor Herman J. Najoli, retired Cincinnati firefighter Raphael Prophet, Hampton County Clerk of Courts Abtab Perival, and State Senator Cecil Thomas, and it was also reported that there were nine candidates earlier, but three of the candidates, Kelly Prather, Wendell Young, and Adam Kohler, fell short of the 500 ballot signatures. Andrea, what are your thoughts on the updated list of candidates? Well, I, I think it's sad that Wendell is not on the list, but at the same time, um, I, I think it, it, I'm surprised that he didn't get enough Candidate, enough signatures to get his um, candidacy on the ballot. Um, really, both Wendell and Kelly Prather are not novices to, to, to elections. They both have run several times. Kelly has run statewide and also locally. And, you know, everyone knows that if you need so many signatures, you get double that amount to ensure that you have enough signatures to get on the ballot. Um, the fact that they all three came under 500, um, I mean, they came close. All of them, I think, were between 445 to 450, 460 or 475. I mean, they came so close. They were, they were not that far away. But to make sure that you have qualified signatures, you know, Getting signatures on a ballot is like letting folks know that one that you can be organized, that you can direct your people to get some a job done. And on top of that, you think of enough of people to, you know, be in the right place to get the right signatures. 
so that the voters can say, yes, we want him on the ballot. Um, I'm just disappointed, but not, I'm surprised and disappointed um, about, you know, who, who got on and who's not. But in the long run, it's going to be an interesting race. Agreed. Definitely. Wade, uh, what are your thoughts on this subject? Ah, well, with this mayoral race, as, as well as the city council, I think a lot of people see a, an opportunity this year. Uh, however, with this this six people that, that you mentioned earlier, I, I think ultimately it's going to come down to a two-man race between David Mann and Cecil Thomas, uh, both experienced in what they do. Um, uh, I think it's going to be a, a excellent fight uh, between the two. Again, those are just the ones that I think that are, that are come on, on top and be running against each other at the end. Uh, but uh, I just don't think the other ones have enough name recognition to to uh, get, garnish enough votes to, to compete with these two. Indeed. Suhana, what are your thoughts on this uh, mayoral primary um, race? John, I think the mix looks uh, very inclusive of a lot of different personalities. But what, uh, apart from the politics, I would like somebody to lead the city who genuinely loves the city. Uh, there has to, I believe the leaders have to deeply understand what are the city's problems and what are its drawbacks. And I believe all the candidates have spoken about some form of removing corruption, but it's not that simple. I think candidates have to show some amount of love and passion for the city and have something of their own at stake to do well for the city. And in that case, I would wish that the candidate wins who not only understands the history of the place, but also has sympathy for its people and genuinely is one of the people. Uh, it is often a problem when the candidates who have risen to the power and are not very local anymore, see only the matters which are on paper and can see through the reports and go through the council discussion, but it would be refreshing to see if any one of the not so popular candidates would win this election by putting forward some compelling points. And I'm always up, to, up for to see a very passionate speech. So that's my take that somebody who genuinely loves the city, understands the values of the city and have something at stake to improve the city for their own good, but not for just a career in politics would be an interesting choice to see. But at the end, it comes down to majority, but it will be interesting to see our younger or maybe a colored or a new candidate to come and seat and see what they do for the city. I, I, I like what Sahana said, but um, I think what's going to come down to um, is name recognition and who has the experience. And also, um, I think anyone new to the scene, like AFTAB to the city scene, has a good shot. David Mann, he's been there and done that so many times that I don't think he's going to be appealing to the people. 
especially 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 with what happened at one of the town hall meetings last year regarding COVID and some other issues where he walked out, which did not sit well with the young voters in Cincinnati. Um, I think Cecil, he's been around enough times that a lot of people know him. Um, I think the other people who are running, they don't have name recognition. Um, it's going to take a lot to get name recognition in this time and space. And right now, both with the mayor race and the city council race, it comes down to who who knows you and how, how and if you're known on a citywide basis, not just on your small community basis. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I agree. Um, but the pattern that I've observed from the presidential candidate candidates for the United States of America, I have seen that people are more inclined towards um, leaders who are very deeply rooted in community. And though how much ever the practical results may lead to one or the other candidate winning, I am sincerely looking forward for some surprise element in this election because that was 2020, everybody was at home and I feel people had enough time to ponder over what are the things that they want their candidates to reflect. And maybe the most more obvious candidates will win, but it will be certainly very interesting to see what the fresher candidates can put forth and if they can make this election interesting. It will be sad to see them get, getting discouraged because somebody else is more recognized. So it will be interesting to see what food they put forth and what are the capabilities and charm they possess to attract their new admirers. So I have hopes for this 2021 election and let's see if it gets any interesting. Well, that was very insightful, definitely. And that was just a fascinating discussion all around. Um, well, I wanna thank all of you for coming on the show today. Still being here. Thank you so much for having us, John. Thank you. Okay, well, if you like today's stories, make sure you check them out on our website, www.thecincinnatiherald.com. And you can also check out all these stories in our print edition, which is sold at your local Kroger, UDF, Walgreens, Joseph Beth Booksellers, and at select service stations. You can also follow us at the Cincinnati Herald on Facebook. You can follow us at Cincy Herald on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow us on YouTube. Just search for us at The Herald TV. And we also have a TikTok channel. Just search for us at The Cincinnati Herald. And remember folks, we're still in the pandemic, so make sure you wear a mask, wash your hands, and try to practice social distancing. This is John A. Reese, digital editor of The Cincinnati Herald, and have a good day. <laughs>